Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 30th of Jan 2023. Happy birthday, Tess. What can I tell you? Not a lot. The market chat this week is Ben, Webby and myself, which we were sort of going over the dynamics of some of the well conversations that need to be had about influences that might happen on the grain market generally. And it's actually that kind of covers the bulk of price chat in a sense. So to go straight in with prices, and I will say it's a pretty dull time of the year in lots of respects. Lots of farmers are not engaging. One or two merchants have done some cargoes of wheat and they're chasing and paying some quite aggressive X1 prices. So there is a bit of trading going on, but with us it is quiet. We're more into logistics and lining up a load of lorries for movements as we go into the month of February. Our attitude is we don't particularly want to store something if there doesn't seem to be any sort of carry in it because all we're doing is spending money on electricity and that's become much more of a focus and I'm sure lots of you, I'm assuming you're blowing your grain and got the temperatures down and you're being good storekeepers but it's an expense and it's a risk especially when the weather warms up in late Feb, March and the bugs reappear. Now is the time when they're probably very dormant and lots and lots of deliveries are going in without any troubles so you know it's another good reason to perhaps get some stuff shifting even if the price doesn't really appeal. So we will start with feed wheat. So feed wheat, X farm for Feb, 217. The market has perked up this week. It had a long, aggressive sell-off during January, and it's now bounced from the bottom, which was 223 on the May futures, up to 230 trading at this point. So that's kind of like a £7 bounce. I personally think at this moment, if you're looking at getting rid of some spot wheat, this is a selling opportunity. I don't think the downside bit is over with. Now, I could be wrong on that. Unfortunately, I can't make the market do what. I want it to but it just feels like it, it hasn't yet gone through enough of the mill to get to a point where it definitely feels like the bottom and that's a debate that we have where actually one of my colleagues calls it as it's done enough and it is now bouncing so 217x for Feb 220x for May so there's not much of a carry there if it gets to June and July when people don't like carrying it we'd pay 225x and we pay 228 for July so we pay up for those last two months when it is less people holding grain We'll go through the old crop prices and everything first. So feed barley, old crop, pretty dire at the moment. Not many people interested in buying it. Rough value, Feb 205x, March 206x, probably a pound a month carry. It's still over 200 doesn't seem a lot of life in it it seems a pretty done deal and there's still plenty of stuff around there to trade i think if you look at old crop malting barley the last trade that i've heard of was for february delivery for 185 planet stroke laureate types and that trades at 250 delivered to an east anglian molster so you're looking at 235x so that one really is flat and pretty lame as well specific other varieties if anyone has any for sale call us up we can give you quotes on whatever but let's look at the grade of it and then make a decision yeah that is not the healthiest milling wheat 
still decent premiums. I think that's going to be an ongoing case. Certainly, as we look at new crop on it as well, it's something you have to fight to produce the quality. It costs you money. I think that if you've got class one milling wheat in Norfolk and you haven't got it sold yet, and we don't know about it, which we should do, but if we don't, let us know. We're happy to join the melee with everybody else. Oilseed rape old crop is about 440. Not particularly good. Had an absolute kicking in the tail end of last week and early this week. It's bouncing at the moment. That one, we've just closed our eyes and we're pretending it isn't happening and we're firm believers that as I said the magic pixie will spread some pixie dust and it'll all get better in the end but delusion is part of our character as well and new crop I don't know the value because I've got to ask Ben and he's not in the office and I guess it's something similar to that or maybe a few quid more so new crop we, now we've moved on to new crop with rape we'll say new crop let's start with harvest barley feed barley 185 roughly no one's in the mind to sell it at the moment. It's well below £200 a tonne, so no one's going to jump and bite your hand off of that because it sounds like it's too cheap, I'm told. Malting barley is a £50 premium, which historically is amazing. If you've got perfect grade distilling, you know, Diablo stroke laureate, and it's under 16165 nitrogen, probably valued harvest movement about 240 which is a £55 premium, isn't it? And winter barleys, I would guess, is somewhere in the region of £10 cheaper than that. So those are pretty punchy prices historically, but they're £140 off the high of this year so it's kind of sounds pretty rubbish to someone who sold it at a really high price last year examine your own souls on that one market has come down so we can't talk about what's happened in the past it's just what happens in the future too many very very big variables on that staring at you at the moment so moving on to feed wheat for harvest movement 195 so it's sub 200 delivered to one of our stores for immediate harvest movement 202 which is 20 pounds under the futures that's what we're working on quite happy to say that out loud someone wants to pay you 19 pounds 50 under the futures to go into their store i don't really care i think i'll fill mine up anyway there aren't that many people providing that sort of movement at the speed that we do we genuinely are harvest movement not three weeks later or 10 days after when you want it gone September X Farm 203, yeah, 203 September, 205 October, 206 November, with the futures currently trading at about 221. We're valuing it at £15 under the futures in East Anglia, which is where we worked out last year. It's very expensive to store nowadays, so we've become a bit less competitive. But it seems that the whole of the market is basing off the same pricing structure that we are. So that's where it's at. As I say, storage now is a very expensive game. So in order to provide the service we have, we have to pay the storekeeper more money. And having your money tied up with interest rates is also not so much uh, fun as it used to be. I think I'll leave you with this thought. There's someone talking about a poly crisis, and that's a kind of a multiple crisis or crises all happening at the same time. So, you know, the Ukrainian war escalates, China invades Taiwan, the weather does the perfect, you know, and everything's called a bomb now, isn't it? So it's a drought bomb or a snow bomb or a whatever it is bomb. But all of these things coming together, the world is in a very, very funny place at the moment. And if you think 2022 was volatile, chuck in one of those slightly bigger things into the mix and possibly, dare I say it, we haven't seen anything yet. Now that's haunting any trading decision. And the direction, if there is an event, is up. That's the point. I'm beginning to think the downside, despite there being a surplus in the UK, despite there being good production figures everywhere at the moment, and nothing particularly that definitely wrong, I'm beginning to think 
you know, risk-reward is what you trade on. Yes, there's a risk, it goes below the cost of production. That doesn't matter, you've already planted it, you're going to produce it anyway. But the downside risk, I think, is becoming limited. And it might be annoying to sell your stuff for 195x for NOV or something, whatever it gets down there to, and you'll be bitter and twisted about it. You have to remember the potential reward if something kicks off in another part of the world, hopefully. So we carry on living our sane and sterile little lives in a safe country with increased prices because the world's in trouble. That is underlyingly something that if it kicks off again, it'll be worse than last time. Anyway, with that less than cheery thought, have a good week. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Brown & Co. are excited to introduce the scale-up phase of the Future Farming Resilience Fund. This DEFRA-funded project enables Brown & Co. to provide free, on-farm tailored support to farmers across all of England until March 2025. We have worked with hundreds of farmers over the past two years, delivering the initial phases of this project, and have widened our support offer as a result of farmer feedback. We believe the choice we offer farmers is unique, with land, planning, environmental, commercial and agribusiness divisions all under one roof. We provide professional advice across a range of disciplines delivered from our in-house teams. Whether it is finding a commercial use for a disused barn, investigating planning potential, managing business finances, working collaboratively with neighbours, optimising environmental income streams, producing a greenhouse gas footprint, or discussing your business options going forward, Brown & Co. can support you on this journey. If you would like to find out more or sign up to the scheme, please email defraffr at brown-co.com or call 01480-598-869 and ask to speak to a member of the team. Okay, this week I have got with me Ben and Webby. Morning, boys. Morning. Morning. And um, I think the first thing we're going to talk about, the interesting thing, is is this the bottom? Because the market has decided to stop slip-sliding away, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It feels it. Whether we've seen the bottom, I wouldn't hang my hat on that completely. <laughs> More decisiveness than that. <laughs> yes or no, is it the bottom? I'm going to say no. It's having a rally, but it's having a rally on no news at the minute. Yes, yeah, so it's £4.50 up from the bottom of May week. Yeah. 223 was the lowest trade. It traded as high as 230 this morning, but 22750 yeah. is where it's at right now. So it, it's had a rally. I think next week, still the 24th of Jan, we'll probably see it slip back, I think. There'll be a bit of selling interest at these levels. Then it's whether, does the rally come later? That's the question for me. You just said then, no news, but there has been news. There is armament of the Ukrainians. Uh-huh. I think that's significant. 50 tanks. Okay, so that's enough. We're talking about specifically the wheat market, and specifically, is that no, particularly news? It's related. Yeah, no, totally it's related. Is it... The bottom of the recent yes. slip. Right, so you're saying yes, that's the bottom. We've seen it at 223. Ben's saying no. Could be your famous, I know you called the 6th of Feb, was it two years ago, three years but look, ago? look, this precise moment, Seasonally, it's not we are superbly brill in the sense that we said it's going to go down, and do it. nothing's going to happen much in Jan, it's going to go down, slip, slide away. Of the two of you, I think, even though it is tempting at the moment, with all of the people who are buying, you know, the big boys have got boats, haven't they? We're going to have, yeah. Yeah, and they're aggressively bidding on farm. They are, yeah. You know, they're going to be shifting some wheat out of Tilbury, out of Yarmouth, out of Ipswich, out of various places yeah. around the country. So with them in the market buying and farmers not really engaged, it's pushing Harder up. to buy. It's yeah. hard to buy. Of the two of you, I agree with Ben. I think it's going to try to go up. 
I think then these lads are going to get a fair bit of cover against their boats and then they're going to go, oh, sod it, why are we chasing it? There is a surplus in the UK. I don't think it's seen the end we, of its drop. The real question is, when does the consumer come in to buy it? Yeah. Do you not think they might be well, itching and thinking, actually, boys, we've had a really good run, this is a lot cheaper than it was? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, Wibby, but the consumer has rolled quite a few contracts... Mm-hmm. And I think the consumer will come in when they start to see demand further up the supply chain. I don't think they're seeing that demand yet. But we haven't, okay, this is our small, but there haven't through the season been that many April, June bids from no, consumer. true. They've got to come, yeah. You two are on fire today. This is oh. quite good. I don't do any talking. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just think that it's, yeah, it feels cheap. I agree. I think there'll be... A little bit of a dead cat bounce, it'll rally, it'll then drop again. I don't think it'll go lower than the low it hit, which was two. I, 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 the May could drop below 223. Okay, I'm uh, May is more vulnerable, futures-wise. The physical might not drop any mm, lower, because yeah. that premium is going to go out. But the futures are not very inviting. You know, if you are paying 227.54 wheat extra alesham, which is what the May wheat is going to be when it gets retendered by its owner... You know, to get to a big port, you've got to add best part of 18 quid haulage to it. To go to a smaller port where they aren't paying the premiums, you know, a tenner maybe. So it's not cheap. It's not going to make anyone any money, is the point. Yeah, that's fine. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's... Yeah. The other thing I'd add, though, is that I think there is more upside longer term. I totally. I think all of us agree with that. Yeah, we all, yeah. Webby's saying it's hit the bottom, it's going to go up. Yeah. You're saying, no, it's having a bit of a bounce and it's going to probably come back down to test the lows again. And I'm saying maybe it'll go a little bit lower than that on old crop. This is one of those conversations, you talk about the consumers, they're having this conversation inside their own head, aren't they? They're not discussing it in their team. They're going, yeah, oh, Ooh, yeah. today, no, 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 I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Or maybe, maybe I'll buy a little bit now and then if it drops, I'll then cover what I need. I'll do a little bit too, <laughs> just cheap, still cheap. But on the other hand, what are the farmers thinking? No, no, seriously, what are the farmers thinking well, right now? It's not a sell. I thought our uh, meeting with a farmer who mm-hmm. popped into his office was quite telling of what a farmer's thinking. Go on. Well, I mean, his comments were, he referred to a machinery dealer basically saying that some kit's been put on hold and farmers are feeling poor. Um, yeah. So I think people will openly say that they've had a good year. I'm talking about now, now, Sarah, but yeah. a good year in this current training year. And the concern is next year. It really is. It's tight. Very tight. They're worrying about being poor tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, your cost of production line is very tight now. Psychological. This is all about psychology. Yep. So, you know, at the moment, it's only January. Harvest for wheat doesn't occur till August in yeah. our county. That's half a year. Yep. So they're sitting there thinking... The price has come down 20 quid during the month of January. That's, yeah. the, mind you, it went up dramatically at the end of December, so it's disproportionately yeah. priced. But it's still a dramatic drop, and um, well, actually 26 or 7 quid if you take top to bottom. Mm. But they're kind of not really engaged, are they? They're kind of putting it off. We'll talk about this in a few weeks' time. It's rubbish. I feel rubbish about it. I might as well just ignore it and do something else. Yeah. Now, that in itself becomes a phenomenon. If there's no sellers, I mean, the guys with these boats, if they pay up they'll buy it because yeah. it looks tempting against what other people are bidding. So there will be some tonnage trading. Whether it's the right time for the farmer to trade it or not in the great plan of things is really all down to the weather, isn't it? You know, if the sentiment changes in terms of everything goes brilliantly weather-wise, nothing goes wrong, the crop develops beautifully, the spring opens out to be a great spring and they get on with all the jobs, the sentiment for both new and old crop will continue lower. So it very easily could go even lower than this again. Yeah, agreed. 
just coming back to Webby's point about the tanks in Ukraine, there are some significant things happening in that, right? So February the 28th, the one-year anniversary, is coming up. 24th. 24th, sorry, four days, yeah. That is coming up rapidly. And I do agree that Putin must be sitting there thinking, I need to do a response. There has to be a response. It's a chess game. Ukraine getting the tanks and the fact that the anniversary is coming up. Yeah, the Deutschland Kunders have decided to actually stick 14 tanks in, which to go along with the helmets they sent. Do you know what makes me embarrassed with my German heritage, Andrew? Yeah, Achtung. Sorry about that. I know, Schnell. You just talked about a game of chess. The corridor is a major pawn in that. Probably the bishop, actually. Yeah, OK, you're getting all... You know, oh, like here we go. I'm a bit of chess pro. Rookie. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> a chess pro. I've never heard that before. Rookie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, we know who's king. Uh, anyway... Did the bishop finger you, Webby? No. <laughs> who's, who's the... Is that, you're quoting a beer here, aren't you? Who's the queen? Oh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, moving on, yeah, it's a chess game. He has got to do something. He will do something that hurts the West. Now, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. the tactic for him now, being short and bald and sort of bitter and twisted type, oh, yeah. I would something say, you know well. that's me, I just, yeah, that's it. Yeah. My, I've got affinity with him. I would say, right, you know, we've moved a fair bit of wheat out. Yes, we need to move a whole load more. Bit of cold weather going on at the moment, might damage the crop. Do you know what? I'm going to stop the corridor. Boom. And I'll tell you, the reason why the corridor looks more vulnerable than anything is because gas prices have come down, so he can't do anything on that. He can't say, well, stop exporting gas, because he blew up the pipeline. Mm. So he's shafted himself on that, and the oil price, okay, it's $88 as it stands, it's pretty high, but the world is coping. Energy isn't his thing. Well, there was an accusation yesterday, I think it was, from the Americans saying the Chinese are supporting the Russians in their uh, war efforts in the Ukraine. Biden's lot came out with something about that. Okay. China denied all knowledge, as usual. If 2022 was an incredibly volatile year beyond anyone else's experience, the probability of 2023 being a very tame, non-eventful year, bearing in mind that war is still occurring, and he's going to have another push, and he's going to have other as many ways as he can hurt the West as possible and align himself with China. I've seen a report this week that says potentially 2023 will make 2022 look like... Child's play. Yeah. Really? I mean, okay. yeah. So China invades Taiwan, because I feel this is the right moment. <clears throat> Everyone's partly distracted. Vlad shuts the corridor. That's the first thing that will do is push prices up again. And everyone will react to it. Yeah, and all the supermarkets will see yeah. grain go up and go, right, yeah, we can get away with some more. And off they go to make some more money out of it. Yeah, the people who are going to be hurt are the West if the price of cereals goes up. And Vlad and friends can blame the West for starving Africans because the wheat doesn't get out. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I think, yeah, we're all agreed on there. I mean, ultimately... You know, I've said this before, but I will say it again. How long can Vlad keep going? I mean, he's in it for the long run now. And I think he has to keep going because he's got so many people around him with vested interests. Apart from the odd uh, conspiracies that Vlad is already uh, dead. Where did that one come from? Who who came up with that? Oh, it's a load of... So, a Zelensky comment, he basically said, for all we know, he's already dead. And there's conspiracies that it's all been, um, what you call it, graphically edited, all the press conferences and things like that. All right, Webby, look, Zelensky's probably saying that because he knows it'll undermine troop morale in Ukraine, which is perfect. But reality is, yeah, Putin... Vlad's still on the pitch, isn't he? Yeah, he's there and he will cause havoc. So that's where we are with that. What about regime change? Uh, 
well, yeah, when the personality goes, they can buy some time by pretending they're nice, and it could be an even worse... Could, yeah. You know, it could be a a general that thinks you just nuke people and don't worry about it. I don't know. What would the instant reaction be? Is that a bearish moment? The immediate reaction would be Vladimir Putin's not with us anymore, and maybe they keep calling it Putin's war, and I just wonder whether they're doing that to be able to seize that opportunity when he does go. Yeah. So it's blamed on him, singular, and not the Russian people. That's a good point, Webby. Well, you know, if it say Putin does go and there is this golden moment of, oh, OK, does the market drop or rally? I mean, there is a chance that it could rally because people might go, ah, hang on a minute, the world economy can now recover properly. You know, we can start, you oh, know... Blimey, yeah. Knee-jerk <clears throat> will be bearish and then longer term probably... Bullish. Yeah. But how long is that bullish thing? Because as you sell the fact. Yeah, no, whoever it is, you... The next guy comes in and goes... It oh. does the opposite of what you think. I know that from history. <laughs> Yeah, this is the wild card decision-making yeah. process that should I sell the rest of my wheat? I don't know. I've got a clue. Nobody knows. No one can predict what happens next. It is a lot closer to production costs on 2023 crop. 2022 still in profit. So you could just ditch it and say, be done with it. Thanks very much. Take your chances on 23 and run it. I mean, everything we're saying here about wheat, I'd say, also applies to oil seeds at the minute. I think there oh, is... Oh, man, that's taken a hammering, isn't it? We're looking uh, bad well, on that one. Yeah, absolute kicking. But, you know, who knew that the Germans were going to turn around and go, oh, by the way, we'd quite like to change our bioethanol inclusion. It's like, what? That's a retrograde step in the environment. And they did it out of the blue. Now, the rumour is that the EU will say to Germany, no, you can't do that. You can't reduce the amount of bioethanol you're looking to produce because you're going to destroy the planet. But the fact the Germans said it is totally... And the fact that Germany said it, they're supposed to be the greenest country in Europe. Mm, with the biggest coal mine. And as well, I mean, we're talking seven or eight years ahead. 2030 yeah. is a timeline for it. How does that affect the S&Ds of a crop that's in a shed now? It, look, it's very clear that... The Germans are very focused on their economy more than the planet whilst declaring themselves to be incredibly green. I mean, they actually arrested Greta Thunberg, which we daren't do. So when it comes down to the Deutschmark in their pocket or the euro nowadays, they're quite happy to extend coal mines, ignore climate change, arrest Greta and, uh, yeah, change the usage of oil seeds. Do what suits them, really. Send some helmets instead of tanks. Where Ben gets his, um, we can see that Ben. Ben gets his what? Hmm? He does what it suits. He's not that bad, actually. I think he's having a stab at me being German and then trying to say I'm not a team player. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's brutal a... from Webby. Oh, that's not fair. Sorry, I know we've like got distracted here, but do we now talk about... Give Ben some praise. You, you, oh. you, but then you distract Norfolk us. Are we allowed you, to talk about you the Norfolk Dinner? Don't dig yourself out of a hole. It's not your job, is it? You just be horrid oh. to Ben. Poor Ben. Poor Ben. Yeah. There yeah. He is. I was going to give him some praise. Yeah, did Dave fall out with you today I... as well? What did you do to Dave? Did I? Yeah. So was he upset about it? something? He was just going, oh, oh, Dave, Dave, you, do you forget to make my coffee or something? Oh, no, I was, God, well, I was a bit crude. I was going to go for a pee and he wanted to go before me and, yeah, so, to fight for the toilet. So you pushed him out of the way and he yeah. wet himself, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I did walk in and Dave was doing a very funny march around the office this morning. Okay. Yeah. What? Has he got German heritage as <laughs> well? The, um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was very, it was very close. One of those, wasn't sure I should mention it, but um, yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Right. What's the um, what was this comedy sketch? Ministry of Funny Walks. That was John Cleese. Monty Python. Yeah, that was good. John yes, 
Are we allowed to talk about the North dinner? Have we done? We are, well, let, right. I didn't do any thanking of Ben at the dinner because it's like patting your own company on the back. It's a really knobby. And thankfully, old Spannerfoot did it. He did. Will Foot did a great job on the auction, and he very, very cleverly, you know, he gave me some praise. Which all I did was made a speech, which was too long, I'm told, by a couple of people. But um, I made a speech, and every other piece of work was done by Ben and Julian Scott from Clarkson's. And the attention to detail was superb. You were right about the meat, Webby. Graves was the right meat. Was good. I enjoyed it. Lots of compliments about the meat. Lots of compliments about not having a speaker. Lots of compliments about the venue. Yeah, it was cool. I didn't realise it was an old corn exchange either, which was... No, has good, a better ring 300 it. years, yeah. Lots of compliments about the fact it's in the middle of the city, so post-dinner. I love that. I mean... Everyone knows I enjoy a bit of a set out. But um, there was probably close on 150, 200 people in Cuba Revs afterwards. Yeah. Which I think took them by surprise. But everyone went to the same. You remarked a the old one. It was you'd been in a venue with 10 or 15 people, whereas that was awesome. I'm welling up here. You it, must it, be very, very chuffed with how it went. I'm most pleased about the amount of money we raised for charity. Mm. That was phenomenal. Let's put it out there. It was yeah. a total of 4,200, yeah. which we've shared between three charities, which is MND, Blood Cancer UK, or Bloodwise, and uh, Heritage House. So they all got a nice you know, little payment, but incredibly generous from the crowd, and a big, Big hand up to Brett, who Brett Philpot, who paid <coughs> you know a four figure sum for an England rugby shirt signed by Norfolk rugby players in the yeah. squad at the moment, and that is charity, isn't it? Good on him. So no, no, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Brett deserves all the praise there. But the whole <coughs> evening was great. What was great was there were loads of the trade out at about five o'clock, having a few pre-dinner beers, yeah, chewing the fat going through everything and it was very good that was very that's good. the most successful thing about the Norwich dinner it's post Christmas everyone's finally got into gear just about and there's some serious things to be done for the tail end of the season so there were some very very intense conversations going on and lots of good humour I mean the camaraderie of the trade I would say at the moment is good there's no yeah, sort of yeah. big bad stuff going on is there no I thought everyone turned up very well spirited I yeah. mean I thought that was great which is what you just said but also thought Okay, this might, um, there are a few missing, but I thought all the right people were there as well. Don't want to sound it, but you know, it was an incredibly good turnout of people. Yeah, and no, we all got a chance to go. It's as many people as I've spoken to at the dinner before, because I think going back to speeches, you know, there's an hour more mingling time, really. Yeah, and people were incredibly yeah. generous in their. You know, thanking us, not like anyone who arranges it, you know, like Brad organises the bourse. It's a thankless task. And any other Liverpool dinners arranged by whoever that's arranged, they have to work very hard to make that happen. We've extended the workload for you, Ben, and for Julian by not going to a hotel because you can just hand the whole thing over and say, well, I want the PA to work, I want this much for the food, I want this, 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 and this. You supply everything, thanks very much. When you actually do it outside caterers, you know, the staff to dish the food up, all of those things are separate little legs. One of them going wrong on the night is like, oh, it's, I mean, it's like, what's going to go wrong? And moving the barrels the day before, we had to like do that with precision because they were, they'd been settled for a couple of days and we had to move them on a trolley. A across to the stage and we god damn that they was drank, like, they drank well <clears throat> no we didn't just we, we were clear, like it was you know we were like mission impossible sweating there you know lasers couldn't go outside that light and then went and proceeded to have loads of drink afterwards in the <laughs> St Andrews so, all that was great I mean we've got to set a few facts out there I must admit I went home at one o'clock in the morning sadly Joe Beardshaw bailed early did he big Joe well he's a fit bloke you know oh, yeah yeah, yeah. 
Sure, got to say I, about think, that. I think he left about ten. You and then, uh, but then, we had Julian to sort out as well. Didn't yeah, you? I had. Yeah, Julian and, was staying uh, with me, and, and he, he was he shooting, was going the, next shooting day. the next day. <clears throat> and also, I had three thousand pounds in cash in my inside pocket from the raffles. I was a little bit nervous yes, right. about disappearing to a strip club, and then someone going, <laughs> "Where did all the cash go from well, the raffle?" How come she went that bit further with you, Ben? <laughs> yeah, my looks. Um, but yeah, so I did one. But I do believe that the man sitting to my left today managed half four in the morning. Well, I went almost, to almost. go home at about one thirty with Monty. So I see it, I'm off. And we walked out and we walked up the road. And there's a few people giving us some grief about going, but we we're old people. And instead of going down towards the hall and towards the hotel, we went down London Street and Gonzo's was there. And Monty did the famous one for the road, mate. And uh, so... Yeah, all right then. Let's go in there then. There's a big choir in there. So in we went. A whole lot of young students dancing, which didn't hurt. And then James Moore and Ray saw us go in and kind of double back and said, where are you going? We're going to have a quick one yeah, in here. Yeah. Went in there. And then we had like a 40-minute little chat about next to nice. nothing. Just yeah. sort of stood there. And that's a really yeah. nice, reflective, yeah, this is great. Not too many people. And you can hear what you're saying. Next thing you know, all of the crowd, you Well, that was lot. me. Because yeah, I remember I, I saw months because we got kicked out of Cube Rebs, and then we went to Vodka Rebs, and then we went up to Gonzo's. And I remember walking and seeing Manti, who's like, oh, bollocks, you lot have turned up. I was having a nice little chat. <laughs> well, and, and you a crowd of, you know, millions of young yeah. people following the master. Yeah. yeah, no, that then became a bit noisy. So it ended up at somewhere like 3.30, 3.15, which is really late. But bearing mm. in mind the job I'd had the week before from Josh about yeah. all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he'd gone home by then. Oh, anyway, uh, yeah. um, for good reason, and uh, headed back to my hotel, and I realised, oh, God, my feet hurt, these blooming posh shoes, you don't wear them for the last yeah, three years, yeah. we've never been anywhere, and God, they hurt. Got all the way to the flat I was going to stay at, and the key broke in the lock. Shocker. It's <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> because I'd been getting a bit big-headed about it, all like, oh, it's brilliant, and I was going to get, like, we arrange anything, we're like, we're the best, we're, I'm like, Jesus, I can walk on water, all that shit. I was really being a knobhead. <laughs> and I believe that if you ever do that, and this is a really good lesson for anyone out there, if you ever get so far up yourself and you think you're the best thing since sliced bread, there Something is will level you. Karma, karma happens. Yeah. For me, the sobering second was the key broke. Mm. And at that moment, it meant I had to go back. The flat is in the top of Tessa's office, so it's Tessa's, okay, okay. so it's Tessa's key. I screwed up her, so I had to go home. So I then had to go and find a taxi, which is impossible at that time of night in Norwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go to a hotel to get one. I couldn't get in the hotel. All this, So I had to go through a real rigmarole. I eventually roll up something around <laughs> about four-ish at home. You can imagine the delight of Tess, you know. She's, she's happy, stinking well, beer. And, yeah. yeah, well, she never leaves me alone in the bed anyway. But I was like, <laughs> to turn up and she was just, oh, I'm so glad you're back because I know I'm too tired. I said, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I kept her awake snoring for three. Yeah. And she, she announced she had to be in the office by seven. Oh, good. Anyway, so. <laughs> good luck getting in the office. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they had a, they had another set of keys. Oh, okay. But the other thing, I hadn't jammed the lock, which could have, you know. Could have. Anyway, point being, the karma is get big-headed and then simple little things absolutely screw you over so I'm, yes. I am now humble and apologetic Remain magnanimous yeah, yeah and utterly yeah. well fair play to you Andrew and fair play to you Ebby you know you were uh, we were entertaining out. the clients yeah. until the latest possible hour yeah you're yeah. absolutely right but I think you know you'd more than done your time on it hadn't you let's face it yes. it had been a little time consuming for you yeah 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 but you know to be fair and Vicky and Vicky, back. it was enjoyable because it went so well and, yeah, you know, roll on 2024, I think, definitely. Yeah, and the date for that is? The 18th of January, 2024. So be there, be square and book early because... 
it's going to be more popular next year, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. And we'll remind you of that all the way through the year, by the way. But anyway, 18th of Jan next year, put it in your diary. Book your hotel early. Another thing to announce, at the February Doing Podcast Walk, oh, yeah. which no listeners, which we have no listeners really, the date for it is going to be Friday the 10th, probably a similar sort of time of day, 11 o'clock somewhere or another. I don't know where we're going yet. I'll make that one up in the next week. But that is the date of the next Doing Podcast Walk. Okay. Just before the weather turns nice for all the spring work. So there'll be lots of people saying, yeah, I've got nothing else to do and I aren't shooting anymore. So perhaps I've gone on a nice walk with the Doing Grain team. Okay. Excellent. Right, that's in the diary. Other than that, <coughs> um, yeah, we're gonna. Are we gonna put the foot down on trying to phone farmers and get them to do things? With our view, no. It might it's, go down a few more quid, but I think there's life to be had, isn't there? Yeah, it's very careful. We've got to be with this one. And we could be incredibly wrong. So please, everyone, be aware of that. But I think the biggest factor will be politics. I think he will do something pretty dastardly this year which will push the market up not down but i can't rely on him to do that and i also think the weather is going to step in i really think the weather's going to do a bad thing this year i just feel it in my bones yeah we've had three years of fairly reasonable forgiving weather you just think "Mm, yeah there's something could turn there well if it does it will go crazy if it doesn't it will you know, yeah. once it got down to 200 on the knob futures, which would represent 185x for November wheat, I can't see any farmer selling at that level because it represents a loss. And they will come out with that famous phrase, I might as well sell it for a loss later than sell it for a loss now. So yeah. I think the downside without a doubt, the risk reward in this market, the risk downwards versus a reward upwards, reward wins heavily. There's much more potential for upside than downside. Money. Yeah, oh, yeah, agreed, yeah. Anyway, with that, thanks for listening. Thanks uh, very much for um, letting us listen to us congratulate ourselves on the Norwich dinner and how <laughs> good we all are. But, you know, yeah, let's hope an eventful week in the right way, price-wise, for you. Yeah, Thank thanks. You. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.